This is Truth and Love Ministries, where we bring people home to God by learning His truth and experiencing His unending love. In today's message, we continue our Psalm 23 series. This week, we learn how Jesus leads us into rest and why He does it. We pray this message refreshes you and speaks encouragement to whatever is going on in your life right now. Now, here's the message, Psalm 23, Jesus Leads Us. We've been talking about the 23rd Psalm. Last week we talked about the Lord is my shepherd, how he actually owns us. Um, And today we're going to talk about how he leads me. You know, when he, he, he talks about leading his people. The, the thing that, that attracts me to this more than anything is the fact that when I first got saved, my greatest concern was, I used to hear people all the time talking about hearing God's voice and following him and him leading you. And that was my greatest desire and longing was to, to know that I was being led by God. And sometimes the way life turns out, it appears that we missed it sometimes because it, you know, I think we have this fantasy about the Christian life and it's, it's some preacher's fault that we have this fantasy that life is supposed to be just so blissful, so blessed and so pain free and we ought to be able to pray away everything and you know, we ought to have the best of everything. And, you know, if you live in a neighborhood, your yard should look better than everybody's in the neighborhood. You ought to drive the best cars and wear the best clothes and eat the best foods. And we should never be sick is what I've heard a lot of faith preachers say. And I believe in doing that, they give us a, a kind of a false image of what the Christian life should really be. Because I don't know how you can tell me that when Jesus himself said, in the world you're going to have trouble. But be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. And why would he say, I'll be with you in trouble if I'm not supposed to have any? So, you know, we have this, 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 this dream of what Christianity should be. And so I hope today this clears up some things because this psalm is really about the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd and every, every line of this psalm is about what he, who he is and what he does for us. It's, it, it should open your eyes to, to something new about the 23rd psalm. And he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. And when we, you know, we, we read this and we hear it at funerals and, and we hear people quote it and we hear people talk about it and everybody love it, but do they really know what it means? It's about us, the Lord is my shepherd, and every line of it is about what is ours and, and what we have because we belong to him and it's deeper than that it's actually deeper than that you know so the last time we talked about the relationship of the sheep and the shepherd 
and about ownership. And nobody really wants to talk about ownership, how the shepherd owns the sheep and how he actually owns us. I want you to think, because I, I can remember when some guys told me that they didn't, they, they, a white man wrote the Bible. And this is why they say a white man wrote the Bible. They say he wrote it because it says, slaves, obey your masters. They say the white man had to write that. And you know why they think that? Because nobody wants to think about actually being owned by anybody. And you want to know the truth? Here's the truth. You can act like it ain't you if you want to. It's okay, but I'm going to admit that it's me. Don't nobody want nobody telling them what to do. Come on now. Truthfully. Don't nobody really want nobody telling them what to do. Your children, when they get to the play where they just about talk, they don't want you telling them what to do. It's something about us. We don't want to be told what to do. And if I don't want to be told what to do, I definitely don't want nobody owning me. And so when Jesus talked about owning us, you know, bought, being bought and born, and for the Christian, it's true of both of them. You are not your own. When, now, now, you are your own when you, give, when you live your life for yourself. But now when you give your life to Jesus, he said, you are not your own. You have been bought with a price. And let me say this. Why do we willingly give ourselves to him and then deny him the right to do what he wants with us? It don't make sense. I know why we do it. Because we want one half and not the other. I want him to save me. But that Lord stuff, he can leave somewhere else. I don't want him telling me what to do. I want him to save me from hell, but I don't want him telling me how to live my life. And see, Jesus purchased us when he laid his life down. He bought us. And we've been born into God's flock. We've been bought and born into his flock. And how do we do it? By his word. By the incredible. The, the living word of God, that's how we were born again into God's family. And we were bought by the blood of Jesus. And so when we're in the flock of God, the shepherd owns us. And what will the shepherd do for the flock that he owns? Look what he does. He leads us. He restores us. He protects us. He provides for us. And he loves us. Now, all of us don't mind some of that. Some of, some of that we don't mind. And when you see the word he leads us, we actually think that that's a good thing, and it is. But it may not always come out the way you think it will. So, today we're going to look at the, the, the first of these. The shepherd leads me. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He makes me lie down. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. And so the good shepherd leads us into rest. Now you would think that he wouldn't have to lead us into rest. You would think he wouldn't have to do that. But look at what he says. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Green pastures Provide grazing for the sheep. But the main point of that is not for feeding, but it's for resting. 
Now, you, now, he does say he, you know, when we see green pastures, we automatically think about Eden. <laughs> that that's what the sheep are going there for. The green pastures, they're going to eat. But he's not, he said, I'm, 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 I, I, you know, I'm sure you're going to get a nibble or two in every now and then. But he's not, he said, I'm not taking you there so that you can eat, but I'm taking you there so you can rest. And I think the thing that escapes us most is real rest. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides the still waters. Sheep are scared of moving water. Think about it, because if the sheep fall in the water, that wool will get wet, and it'll drown. He'll drown. In other words, he, think about it this way. Two, two things in scripture that water represents. One of them is what? The spirit. The second one is what? Trouble. So when you see the sheep getting weighed down with water like a sponge and causing him to drown, I want you to see that as us being weighed down with life. And so he have to we're scared of the moving water. So a good shepherd will dam up the river and make a place for the, for the water to be still so that the sheep can come up to the water and drink. So they can come up there and drink because they're, they're terrified. So three observations on rest. Rest does not come easily or naturally to sheep because it says he what? He makes, he makes me lie down. He makes me do it. So, why is it difficult for sheep to rest? They're timid. They have no defense except to do what? Run. That's all they got. <laughs> they have no claws. They have no fangs. They have no sharp hooves. They have, they, like I said last week, they don't even have a loud cry. <laughs> Nobody going to hear that. Nobody going to hear that. So the sheep remain standing because the only line of defense that he's got is to run. And therefore, he get tired. He can't rest because he stands up all day. And so it's difficult for him to sleep. Only just the dog barking, the sheep take off running because they're vulnerable. They won't lie down because they are so they are so vulnerable, and they, 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 they cannot, they do not rest. They have to be made to rest. And maybe you find it hard to rest. I don't know about y'all, but, you know, it's something about stop signs, bedtime, showers, you know, those quiet times when the TV ain't playing and there ain't nobody around, nobody talking to you. It's something about when I lay down at night about something jumping in my head. A problem I can't solve. A challenge I got to face. A battle that I'm in. A situation that I got to find. I got to deal with tomorrow. And so when I lay down, it seems like it get in my head and I can't rest. And if you... And if you do happen to doze off and then you wake up, what happens to you? 
it comes right back again. It comes right back again. So it sounds like at least one of y'all, um, this, this happens to you. This happens to you. You can't rest. So he said he has to make us lie down. I'm going to tell you something. If you're dealing with this, then you need the Lord to be your shepherd. If you're going through this, you need him. You need him. You lie awake at night going over all that happened, that could happen. Know you need rest. But guess what? Don't know how to find it. And see, you didn't know you were so closely related to that dumb sheep, did you? <laughs> oh, Lord. It's clear from the psalm that rest did not come easily or naturally. And when you think about life, it's not surprising. It's not surprising that we are the very same way. Did I do that? No, I didn't. Okay. All right. There we go. Here we go. Okay. I want you to think about David. When David, and he wrote this. He's the one that said this. All those years that he ran from Saul, when God anointed David to be king, he hid in caves and he was running from Saul because Saul was still king while David was still anointed king and while his house was Divided and dysfunctional when his son, his own very own son, tried to take over his kingdom. And, and just think about the responsibility that was on his shoulders and the weight that he wore actually bore, actually trying to just be king and, and dealing with all this stuff in his family. Rest did not come easily or naturally to him. And that's why he said, the Lord makes me lie down. So, sheep rest when they can see the shepherd. Sheep will rest when they can see the shepherd. Sheep will only lie down when they feel safe. When they feel safe and they feel safe when they can actually physically see the shepherd. Let me say this to you. You are not going to be where you can see the shepherd. Not going to be where you can see him. But you have to come to the place where you believe his promises. I, I like the song that were played, you know, Lord, we believe for it. The first song was believe, believe. The second song was, Lord, we believe for it. And let me tell you something. The reason why you stay woke at night is because you don't believe what he said. And we have to, by faith, see and believe the promises that God made to us. He said this. He said, in the world, you're going to have trouble. But he said, be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. And then he said, I will be with you in trouble. And see, the reason why we struggle is because we really don't believe, right? He said, I'll be with you in trouble. I will deliver you and honor you and with long life satisfy you and show you my salvation. And the reason why we can't sleep is because we don't believe what the shepherd said. We can't see him fixing it. 
and we don't release it to him for him to fix. Because the greatest challenge that every man faces is the challenge of trying to be God in his own life. That's what the devil came to Eve and said, God, he, he, God does know the day you eat off that tree, you're going to be like God, knowing good and evil. In other words, he's saying you can be the God of your own life, and that's a challenge every one of us face every day. We think that we have to solve all of our problems. We got to fix our situation, because if we don't do it, who else is going to do it? That's what we think. And we don't see the shepherd, and we don't feel safe. We feel vulnerable. My only defense is I got to stay on my feet. Can't let my guard down. But if I can see the shepherd, if I can see the shepherd, if I can believe what my shepherd told me, if I can believe the promises that he spoke to me, if I can believe the words that he spoke to me when he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. If we can believe that, even if I don't see him, I'm supposed to believe what he said. I'm supposed to see him with me. If the coyote comes, guess what? Shepherd got it. Not my job to fight the coyote. Not my job to deal with the coyote. My job is to rest and let him do his job. My job is to rest and allow him to do his job. It reminds me of, when I think about the war that's going on in Ukraine, it reminds me of the story of a lady. And this is what the lady said. They, it, it was back in one of the world wars, I think. And it could have been in another country and it could be recent. But the lady said, she said that they, every day when they hear the sirens, and that's what they said in Ukraine, that when they hear the sirens, they have to go to the bomb shelters. And so this particular lady was not seen at the bomb shelter, so everybody in the town automatically assumed that she had left town and went to where her family was. Finally, one day, when all the stuff was over, the lady came out, and they saw her, and they was like, where have you been? And the lady said, I've been nowhere. She said, I've been at home. She said, what? They said, what did you do when the bombs were dropping, when the siren was going off? And the lady said this, she said, she said, uh, she said, the Bible told me the Lord don't slumber nor sleep and said, wasn't no sense in both of us being woke. So she went and got in the bed. Think about it. I mean, literally think about it. The Bible says if God don't keep the watch, the watch is kept, you stand up for nothing. If God is not watching you. You know, I, I remember when, I remember when I had my, when I had my stroke. You know, the devil was telling me that if I, if I went to sleep, I was going to die. You know, if we would just think and think about how stupid that is. Because I can die woke. I mean, so what am I supposed to do while I'm awake? He was robbing me of my sleep trying to tell me that if I closed my eyes and see what would happen was I would lay down and when I felt myself drifting into that deep sleep, I would snatch myself out of it. Because I thought I would die if I, if I went to sleep. And it's so dumb because 
You know, it's just like the man that told me at work one time, he said, he said, a doctor told me that if I quit working, I'll, I'm, I'll die. Folk dying on the job. So, let me tell you something. You can't stay woke enough. You can't be at work enough. And ain't nothing you can do to stop from dying. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. If God don't breathe in you, woke or sleep, working or resting, you're going to die. It's just that simple. And so why let the devil rob you of your rest? Because my shepherd is with me. And when I know he's with me, guess what I can do? Man, why can't we see life like Paul said? Paul said, for me to live is Christ and for me to die is gain. Either way, I win. Either way, I win. If I live, Jesus is going to work through me. He's going to live with me. If I die, I'm going to be where he is. How can I lose? How can I lose? And so, the way to find rest is to keep the shepherd in view. Now, the shepherd does not give rest to the sheep by ridding the world of danger. Now, that you got to understand. The shepherd does not give you rest by taking all the danger out of the world. Jesus said it. He said, I didn't come to take you out of the world. He said, but I'll keep you while you're in it. The wolves are still out there. I don't know whether y'all remember me saying this or not, but I'm going to say it again. This is what I believe. I believe many nights while I'm laying in the, in the bed unconscious, don't even know what's going on in the world. I believe many nights a thief might walk around my house. I don't, I don't know. Somebody with a thought of murder might pass, walk down my street. And, but you know what? God looks and says, Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Not tonight. Not tonight. And he make them keep walking. I ain't even aware of it. I'm not even aware of it. And this is what I'm trying to get you to see. When I say keep the shepherd in view, I'm going to say it this way for us. We got to keep the shepherd on our minds. We got to keep the shepherd on our mind. I don't know whether y'all remember this or not, but some years ago, I gave y'all a little exercise to do on how to control your mind. Now, the way you control your mind, because I'm telling you, when you stop at the stop sign, your mind go to running. When you get in the shower, your mind go to running. When you get in the car and you're riding by yourself, your mind go to running. When you get in the bed at night, your mind just takes off, and it seems like you cannot stop this thing. You try to stop it, but it seems like ain't nothing you can do about it. These thoughts are just bombarding your head, and the devil is just beating you to death. But let me say this to you. Don't ever forget it, because... It will save your life. It will save your life. Always remember that your mind always has to stop to listen what your mouth has to say. If you just lay there and think, the devil going to beat you to death. But I'm going to tell you something. If you say something out of your mouth, your mind got to stop and listen to what your mouth has to say. If you're in the middle of those thoughts, if you'll speak something out of your mouth, you can keep the shepherd in view.
You can keep them in view. But this is what we do. This is what we do. We don't, we just sit there and just let him just, just, just take us down across the country, man. Just tell us the worst thing that's going to happen to us. Tell us we're going to die. Tell us, man, tomorrow they're going to fire you. And we, we just hear everything in our heads. And we just let it happen. The Bible said, casting down every thought, every imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. In other words, he's saying, you got to take those thoughts captive. If that thought is contrary to what God is saying to you, you got to stop thinking and you got to start speaking. You got to say something out of your mouth. Because I'm going to tell you something, if you don't say nothing, he's going to wear you out. He's going to wear you out. He's going to keep you up all night. And I'm going to tell you something. The best way to go to sleep is, is either read the word or pray. The devil don't want you to do neither one of those. And as soon as you do a start doing either one of them, he'll leave you alone so you can go to sleep. He, I, you don't, if you don't believe me, when you get home today, pick up your Bible, start reading, and tell me within 10 minutes you ain't about sleeping. I done got some of the best sleep on my knees than I ever got in any bed. I'm telling you. All you got to do is get down on your knees and start praying. Man, five minutes, you, you gone. Pick up your Bible. I remember when I used to get, get home every day, I used to sit down and, and read the Bible every day. And man, I have found myself, it got so bad, I used to be in a push-up position reading the Bible. I couldn't stay woke. I couldn't say, whoa. So I just get in a push-up position and, 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 and lean over it and read it. If I, if I went to sleep, I'd fall on my face. I'm telling you, the devil don't want you to do that. No. Face it alone. The shepherd's with me. See, see here, here it is. I got to say something. The shepherd is with me. And my shepherd is the Lord God Almighty. This is who my shepherd is. I'm telling you, when the devil's beating you at night, he's telling you what's going to happen to you tomorrow. Let me tell you something. Being fired ain't the worst thing that ever happened to nobody. In most cases, it's one of the best things that ever happened to you. <laughs> Don't go, I'm, I'm not telling you to go to work and make it happen. I'm just saying, if it happens, it's not the worst thing that ever happened to you. I can remember when, when I was working at, at Flowers Bakery, man, they came up to me one out of no, out of the middle of nowhere. I didn't have a clue that they was getting ready to do this. These folk came to me and said, hey, uh, you finished with your time card? I said, yeah, I'm just about through. I gave the man my time card. The man said, this your last day. No severance pay. No nothing. My last day. And I'm telling you, it devastated me because I didn't know what I was going to do from that point on. But you know what? Man, that's, that was the best thing ever happened to me. We don't see it at the moment, but it's the best. Listen to me. If God is your shepherd and if he is leading you and this happens, he got a way. He's got another way. Now, I heard a preacher say this one time. He said, you know, people always say, I step out of one door and God got another one right open. There's another door you step right into. But this preacher said this, and I believe this to be true. He said, now, there's one door, and he said, there might be a hallway between you and that other door. In other words, sometimes I got to go through something to get to that other door. But the other door is there. It's there. 
It's there. I do not face it alone. The shepherd is with me. And the Lord God Almighty is my shepherd. That's how we're going to find rest. That's how we're going to get our rest. Look what he said in Psalm 4 and 8. In peace, I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me to dwell in safety. Only God can give you that. Only God can give you that. So, the good shepherd leads us into righteousness. He leads me in the path of righteousness, Psalm 23 and 4. There's a time to lay down and that, that to rest, and there's a time that when you have rested, it's time for you to get up and go where Christ is trying to take you to. It's time to move forward. I want you to remember the time when Moses came out of Egypt and he led the people to the Red Sea. And when he looked back and he saw Pharaoh on his tail and Moses fell down to pray and God said, get up. He said, ain't no time to pray. He said, it's time to move. It's time to move. And so it's a time to rest and it's a time to move. He makes me lie down because I need rest in order that I may have strength to follow him where he takes me. That I may have the strength to follow him where he takes me. The Bible speaks of righteousness in two ways. Righteousness which Christ gives us and righteousness that he calls us to. Amen. The first one is righteousness Christ gives us. Philippians chapter 3 verse 9. Paul says that he wants, us, wants to be found in Christ. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law. But that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. So he's basically telling us that there's a righteousness that God gives us when we become his. There's a righteousness that he imparts to us. Um, uh, I can't think of the scripture right now. I can quote it, but I can't tell you where it is. God made Jesus who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him, he said, we actually become his righteousness. We become right by God, righteousness, the righteousness that Christ gives us. That perfect life that he lived and laid down for us. When Jesus came back from the dead, he offers you that righteous life. See, most folk try to get a righteousness by the law. They try to get a righteousness by what they do. If you listen to that folk talk, they think they're going to heaven because, you know, ask somebody one time. If you died there, you're absolutely positive sure that you'd go to heaven. And they'll say, yeah, I think so. And then you say, uh, if you stand at the gates of heaven why, and God said, why should I let you in? What would you tell them? And then they'll start saying, well, you know, I tried to live right. You know, I tried to treat everybody right. I didn't do nobody wrong. I didn't really try to hurt nobody. And see, all oh, that's a righteousness by law, by works, by what you do. And I'm going to tell you, that ain't going to get you into heaven. That's not going to get you there. If you don't receive the righteousness which Jesus himself provided for you, you'll never make it. You'll never make it in. Jesus lived tempted in every way like as we are, yet without sin. And he comes to us and say, I didn't need this righteous life to get to heaven. I lived it so I could give it to you so you can get there. He said, because I could go back whenever I got ready. I didn't have to die. I didn't have to do this. And so we have to receive the righteousness that comes to us through Jesus. And that will be all you ever need. You won't ever get any more righteous than when you become his, when you give your life to Jesus. And that's what makes it so great for me to say, 
The Lord is my shepherd. He owns me. He owns me. I'm going to tell you something. If you want anybody to own you, you better let it be God. And then the righteousness which he calls us. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, he said, Now, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. And then the rest of it says, By his stripes we were healed. So he said, Now, here is a righteousness. He gives us a righteousness that makes us right. And then he calls us to walk in a righteousness. Okay? So when the Lord is your shepherd, he'll lead you. And the path he leads you on will be a path of righteousness. It's going to be a right path. Now, don't mean that it's by, by, by the path of righteousness simply means the right path. And where the shepherd leads you will always, always be the right path. But know this right here. The right path will not always be an easy path. And that's what I was saying when I first got started. You know, preachers tell us that if we, you, 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 you send, you send two hundred fifty dollars. You know, God gonna, God gonna multiply your seed, and He gonna do this, and He gonna do that, and and people think God is some kind of slot machine, some kind of, some kind of genie. You know, I can rub the bottle and I can make three wishes, and it's gonna come to pass. We think that prayer is a way to get God to do what we want him to do when prayer is truly God's will for us to pray and for us to find out what God wants us to do. We need to go with a notebook and not a dictator. We go to God and dictate what we tell. We, we think we know what tell God, do this, God fix this, move that. Can you, can you bring this over by Friday? You know, I'm going to need this by Saturday. And they, they coming to cut my lights off by next Tuesday, so... You know, can you get the money here by the end so I won't have to worry about all this kind of stuff? And we think that's what prayer is. Jesus didn't teach his folk to pray to tell God what to do. Psalms 37, I believe it is, it says, Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And people don't understand. They think that, okay, if I just, oh, just delight myself and get happy in the Lord, he'll give me everything I want. But the word delight actually means to allow him to shape you and to form you to what he wants. So once I am shaped and formed, then I can, I'm delighted in him and he gives me the desires of my heart. Because guess what? He, give, he gave me the desires. I always say this to people. What would you have if God gave you everything you wanted? What would you have? Some folk, man, they'll have so many cars, couldn't nobody even drive down their street. <laughs> Some folk houses would be so big that it'd be one in the city of Opelika. <laughs> Some folks have so many clothes, they'll need three houses to put them in. What would we have if, if it worked that way? What would we have? What would you have? What would be... Man, some of us have so much money that the government has to come to us for a loan. <laughs> the government be, be, be uh, filling out application and mailing it to your house, Trace. The right path will not always be an easy path. 
Don't, don't, don't think just because the Lord leading you now, he shouldn't take you down an easy road. Because look at verse 5. Verse 5 in the song says, the right path take you through the presence of your enemies. He said, I'll prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. So he actually telling you that you're going to be, your enemy going to be sitting right across from you while you eat. And the right path will take you through the valley of the shadow of death. But even there, the good shepherd is going to lead you. Even in that, the good shepherd is going to be there and he's going to lead you. The right path is not always the easy path. The pastures will not always be green and the waters won't always be still. Think about the gospel. Think about Jesus and his disciples. In Mark chapter 4 verse 35, he said, let us go over to the other side. And then what happened? The Bible said that was a great storm. A great storm. He, Jesus led them into a storm. But look, it was in the storm that they saw his glory and they learned that they could trust him. Let me tell you something. Without the storm, without the easy path, if God gave everything easy, if everything was like we wanted, if it happened just like we said, we wouldn't be worth nothing. Not one of us would know God and not one of us would ever trust him. Because I ain't seen him do nothing. But you know what? I know God can, can bring you back from a stroke. Why? Because he took me through that. I know that you can have asthma and have COVID too and still live. I know that. Because he took me through it. I know that I can be unemployed, not getting a check from anybody, and the lights never go out. car never get repossessed. Now, it can't close. <clears throat> they said they were coming Friday. But God got there on Wednesday. <laughs> they were coming on. They told me we'll be there Friday. But God got there on Wednesday. The gas man made it to the house. I had my chicken in the grease. I'm serious. I had my chicken in the grease. Gas, gas man knocked on the door. And he said, uh, Mr. Nunn, we're going to have to cut your gas off. I said, man, can you go around the corner and come back? I got some chicken frying. <laughs> he said, mm-mm. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> I, said, I, said, <laughs> I said, how much would it take to keep it off? <laughs> he said, $100. And thank God I had $100. If not, I would have had some grease-saturated chicken. <laughs> but I'm telling you, why, why does God take us the hard way? Why does he take us the hard way? Because, because there's no other way we can learn to trust him. There's no other way that we can see his glory. There's no other way we can see who he is. You don't never know who a person is till you, till you get in trouble. I'm going to tell you something. There's a lot of folks say they're your friend. Get where you need 20. See, see I'm going to tell you, they gonna, they'll show up. All I'm saying, man, you had to call me yesterday before I paid that bill out of had it. <laughs> they got it while they're saying that. They got it. They got it. They just ain't planning on giving it to you. Yeah. 
They ain't planning on letting you have it. The good shepherd will not always lead you beside the water. Sometimes he'll lead you through the water. In the Psalms, this, look what it said now. Look at this. Psalms 77, 19 and 20. It said, now look at this. Your way was through the sea. Now God could have took them another way. Your path through the great waters. But look, yet your footprints were unseen. In other words, God, when all this trouble was going on, I didn't even see you. It didn't even look like you were there. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. There will be times when, times where the way God leads you seems impossible. It seems impossible. When God led his people, when they came to the Red Sea, it seemed that there was no way forward. But guess what God did? If you read, I think it's Psalms 107, 107 or 103, it actually says that when they came to the Red Sea, the road was already there. They said God already had a, because it said they didn't walk through muddy walk, mud. It said it was a road. God knew they was coming. He had already prepared the way. I, and see, that take me back to the other the song. He has a way when there seems to be no way. And then, look, look right here. Isaiah 43, he said, when you pass through the waters, I will do what? In other words, he said, I'm not going to always take you around them. And then I think that same scripture said, when you go through the fire, you won't be burned. There will be times when you find it hard to detect the presence of God. It's going to be times, you're going to come through some times in your life when you're going to wonder, is the Lord my shepherd? Is he still leading me or has he really, has he left me? There's going to come some times in your life. There will be some times when you say, where is God in this? I can't see him. What is he doing? I can't feel him. What is going on? Why is my life in chaos? Why am I going through what I'm going through? Why am I dealing with what I'm dealing with? It's going to be some times. His ways may be a mystery to you, but one thing you can be sure of. He is your shepherd, and he will lead you. Even when, Psalm 77, 19 and 20, even when I can't see his footprints. When I can't see his footprints. And that take me, I, I understand now where the man got that uh, footprints in the sand. You know, Lord, I saw two sets of footprints, and then finally I got to the place when life got at, at its worst and its hardest. I only saw one set of footprints. He said, he said, son, that's when I carried you. You thought that, that one set was yours, but that one set was mine. You were in my arms at that time. There will be times when God's direction in your life comes through people he puts beside you. Look what he said about Moses. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. This is one of the ways God will lead you. Under shepherds. Put believers around you. People to speak into your life. People that intercede and pray for you. Where the shepherd leads is always, always 
the right path. If you know this, it'll help you deal with change in your life. The shepherd has two responsibilities. To care for the sheep and to manage the land. Now, understand this. Now, God, or the shepherd, the shepherd will actually lead you to green pastures. But there will come a time when he has to move you from one pastor to another one. Let me tell you why. Because sheep are so dumb, they are so dumb, that not only will they eat the grass, they will eat the roots so that the grass won't ever grow back. So if God leaves you in that one pasture, guess what? Out of a while, there ain't going to be nothing to eat there. So God has to move you from one place to the next. You know, it, it, it takes me back to the story of Joseph. And I'm sure Joseph was happy at home with his daddy. He was, at, he was happy because his daddy favored him. He made him this coat of many colors. But God had to get Joseph to a certain place. So brothers threw him in the well. They didn't want him to die, so they took him out of the well, sold him into slavery. And when he got to Potiphar's house, I'm sure he had got comfortable. He was happy. He was okay. But guess what? God had to move him. So Potiphar's wife cried rape, and he wound up in the prison. He had to go to prison because that's where he was going to meet the baker and the butler. And the, the baker was going to die, and the butler was going to be restored. And so when the butler got out, he immediately forgot Joseph. Two years later, he remembered him. So my point to you is this. God will move you. And sometimes it's drastic how he has to move you. See, when it was time for me to leave Flowers Bakery, I would have never walked away. I was working every day. I was making decent money. And guess what? I would have never left that job. But sometimes he got to do you like he did Jonah. He got to throw you off the ship. Because you ain't got sense enough to get off. Well, he throw you off. And when it's time to go, God is God's responsibility. And let me say this to you. You can trust that the place that he's taking you to will be as rich and lustrous as the place that you left. And most of the time better. The good shepherd leads us for his namesake. Now, that may seem to be the most significant, but that is the greatest one of all. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. It'll be easy to overlook, overlook that. But that's the best phrase, one of the best phrases in all of that song. He leads me. Uh-oh, one too many. How can I be sure that the shepherd will lead me? You know, every time I see this, I, I, I think about when I, was, when, I was, when I was a kid. You know, what assurance, what assurance do I have that he will bring me all the way home? And I, and I think about when I was a child when I see that because everybody, a, anybody here that got a little age on them, remember a piece of way home? Remember your cousin, gonna, I'm going to walk you a piece of way home? Yeah. Yeah. They weren't going to go all the way with you. 
I'll walk you piece of the way. And you know what they did? They brought me to the darkest point, and then they said, okay. <laughs> See you later. You know, they weren't going to go all the way home with me. They're just going to take me piece of the way. And when they took me piece of the way, I got, you know, most time for me, when they walked me piece of the way home, they, they got me right in the middle of the cemetery. Then they'll say, I hope you be all right, cuz. But I'm going back now. And I'm saying that so you'll know that Jesus, well, he, he ain't going to take you piece of the way home. He ain't going to let you get to the darkest hour and then, and then say, all right. <laughs> I hope you be all right. <laughs> when you come to the dark valley and you find yourself want to give up, know this, that God will not give up on you. And, 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 and hear, hear what he said now. He is doing this for his name's sake. He's doing this for his name's sake now. For his name's sake. I want you to know that this has nothing to do with you. For his name's sake. He's doing it for his name's sake. Look what he said in Ezekiel chapter 36 verse 22. Look at this now. He said, therefore say to the house of Israel, thus saith the Lord God, it is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I'm about to act. God said, I'm not getting ready to do this because of you. He said, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned, he said, I'm doing this because of who I am. And who I want the world to see me to be. He said, it has nothing to do with you. Nothing to do with you. Look at this. He said, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. For my own sake. You know, don't think he's doing this for you now. Don't think that you're somebody special. He's doing this for his own sake, for his name's sake. And then look what Paul said. Paul said this in 1 Timothy chapter 13. He said, though formerly I was a blasphemer, a persecutor, an insolent opponent, but I received mercy because I, I had acted ignorantly in unbelief. He said, now when I was doing all that stuff, this is what I was. When God did what he did, he said, this is what I was. But look at verse 16. He said, but I received mercy for this reason, that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. In other words, he said, he said now, God picked me because I was the worst because he wanted others to see how patient I am with the worst of men. Yeah. Yeah. He, said, he, said, he said he picked me because I was such a bad case. And when they saw me and how patient he was with me, they know they got a chance. Yeah. That's good. In other words, this is what he's saying. 
when you think about some folks you know and you look at their lives and when you see they change, you say what? I know that was God. I remember what he was. I know that was God. That's why God don't, that's why God not looking for folk that, that's why he didn't pick no Pharisees and no Sadducees. He didn't pick none of them because they thought they was already right. He went and found a harlot. He went and found the people that they said were sinners, the worst of men. If he knew who that was that was touching him, he, if he were a prophet, he would know who she was. That's who God picked. So when people see it, they'll say, I know that was God. I know it was. So God picked the worst people to show how patient he is. God did not choose me because he saw something lovable in me. I was a blasphemer and a violent man. He said, I was the worst of men. He didn't pick me because I was good. He didn't see nothing good in me. He saw the worst in me because he wanted to show the world what he can do. For his name's sake. God does not lead you for your sake. God leads you for his name's sake. To prove to the world that he is not a man that he should lie. That no matter what you are, he keeps his promises. We said last week, when I'm unfaithful, he still remains faithful. Let me say this to you. You want to wonder why you see folks and they blessed? Because God keeping his promises. And you think they don't deserve it? He keeping his promises. He said, I'm... He said, I'm doing this because I am who I am, and I'm doing it for my own name's sake, not for the person. Yes. Yes. Not for them. The good shepherd has staked his own reputation on leading you safely home. He said, look what he said, my sheep will never perish. Remember what he said one other time. He said, all those that's in my hand, can't nobody pluck them out. Amen. He said, I, I, I told them if they did this, I'll take them all away. Yes. And he said, I am going to keep my word. And so when it looks like the worst is still going and doing good, it's because God said, I keep my promise and I'm doing this for my name's sake. He said, I'm not a man that I should lie. Neither the son of man that I repent. He said, if I said it, I'll do it. If I spoke it, I'll make it good. He said, I'm going to keep my promises. He said, I'm Jesus the same yesterday, today, and forever. Malachi 3, 6, he said, I'm the Lord thy God and I change not. He said, I'm not doing this for you. I'm doing this for me because of who I am. So what God is doing in your life is for his name's sake. His, the grace he's showing you, the patience, the faithfulness, yeah. he, the stuff that he's doing in your life, yeah. what he's going to make of you, and the fact that he won't ever give up on you is, has nothing to do with you. Okay. I was sitting, me and my wife were talking yesterday. We, we were laughing because we, we, back in the day, we used to go to, we didn't have a super Walmart here in, in Opelika. We used to go to the Walmart, super Walmart in the Valley. And so we went up there one, one, one year around about Christmas time. You know, my wife was going through the store, you know, she was going through the store, and she, she said she wanted some, uh, 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 some red food color. She said, give me four of them. And so I said, okay. So I gave her four of them, you know. She got over there. She bought 
somebody Christmas gifts, you put that in the bucket. Oh, okay, put that in the bucket. Then we got all that where the juice was. She said, she said, uh, she said, you want a juice? I said, yeah. So she, I got me a juice. She bought one for some for for her. So we get up the, the, to the register and the folks hitting them buttons. She ching 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 ching. She get down to the get to the bottom of the thing and the thing said ninety six dollars. She scrambling around in a pocketbook. She said, "Well, what in the world happened?" I said, "Wait till you get your receipt. You'll see." <laughs> and so she she was thinking I was going, you know, and I'm thinking that. You know, she done hit the lottery. You know, I don't know what's going on. Because normally she go in the store with a list, and buddy, she's strict by the list. But today is different. Today is different. Today she she going all out. So I said, okay, you want a juice? Yeah, get me one. So we get up there. So, you know, if somebody asks you, do you want something, you thinking they buying, right? Okay, so I said, yeah. And then we got down the road. She's saying, you, you know I spent my time money paying for that. And you know, <laughs> had to reach in that pocketbook and get every dime she had. My point is, <laughs> my point is, God don't ever give up on us. And you know what? He don't bless us because of us. He blessed us because of him. And so, you know, we went to, we went to, uh, the reason we were talking about that because we went to Zaxby's yesterday and they said $18. I said $18. She said, you got the money. Pay this man folks and come on, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, she didn't have to, we didn't have to do like we did in Walmart when we had that 90, when that man gave us that $96 bill. <laughs> she, she called it, she called it blue money. I got, you know, PNC give you a blue credit card. She said, she said, plenty of money on that blue money. <laughs> he won't ever give up on you. And you know what? I'm telling you, I don't deserve what God is doing for me. I know he's doing it for his name's sake. I know he's doing it because he said he would do it. I can't take no ownership on, of it. I can't say I, I'm getting this because I've done this. I can't say that. Because everything in my life says I don't deserve nothing. Amen. Nothing. Yes. I, he, yes. I'm, yes. I eat because he, yes. he's faithful. Because he feeds me yes. because of his name's sake. I'm alive because of his name's sake. Yes. It ain't because I'm so, you know, like, like the song, I, Jesus, I love you. Not because I've been so faithful. Not because I've been so good. It's because of him. It's because of him. He's given his word. He bought the sheep. And he's going to bring us safely home. Not one of us is going to be missing. And everything he's going to accomplish in our lives is going to be for his praise and his glory forever. That's why everything that happens in our lives, we should be hallelujah. But see, too often we arrogant. We think it's because we smart, because we're intelligent, because we know something, we can do something. The truth I'm telling you is because of his namesake that he's doing this. It's because of him. 
And it's a great thing to be able to say the Lord is my shepherd. And to know that he leads me. And that wherever he leads me, it's the right place. If I wind up in, if I, if I wind up in hell, I'm in the right place. Because he's leading me through this. He's, he's going to take me through it. If I wind up in a difficult situation, it's, be, it's the right place. This is where God want to show himself. He want to manifest himself. He want the world to see that he's faithful to his promise and to his word. Uh, when I arrive in his presence, saved from all my enemies, dark valley behind me, I walk through the valley in the shadow of death. He'll still be my shepherd. And he'll still lead me forever. He'll still lead me forever. It won't ever end. It won't ever end. He's, once he buys me and once I'm born into the flock, he will forever be my shepherd. He's going to forever be my shepherd forever forever always be my shepherd always lead me always guide me always feed me always always and we need to be so grateful and we need to lay hold of this we need to lay claim to it the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He leads me in the path of righteousness. And don't, don't forget that small phrase. For his name's sake. Remember why he's doing it. Not because of us. Not because we've been good, but because he wants the world to see. He keeps his promises. And Lord, we thank you for doing that. We thank you for, like that song, the other song say, you're a man of your word. You keep your promises. Thank you for being my shepherd. Thank you for buying me and allowing me to be born into your flock. Thank you that where you God, you will provide, you will protect, you will keep us, you'll be with us, you'll never leave us. Thank you for being our God. And Father, how awesome it is to say that I belong to you. I bless you for that. I praise you for that. I worship you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, make sure to subscribe and share with somebody you know. And tune in next week for more sermons from Truth and Love Ministries Church.